golden daybreak, Jesus will come. Some golden daybreak, battles are won. He'll shout the victory, break through the blue. Some golden daybreak for me, for you. A real joy today to have Bill Harvey in the studio with us as guest soloist on the Bright Spot Hour, and the Lord will endure in the days of this entire week. You're listening to the Bright Spot Hour, Home Mission Radio Gospel Broadcast. And this is Harold Seitler speaking. And we do welcome each of you. I say that to you daily. And it's a real joy and thrill in my heart to know that you tune us in. And I hope that we can be a help to you in the Lord and a blessing to you with the gospel today. Mrs. Garrett at the beautiful Hammond organ, an old song of the church. Maybe you could sing with her. Calling the prodigal. our daily prayer that through the bright spot our minister the Lord shall call some prodigal man or woman to the foot of the cross and to personal faith in the Lord Jesus is God speaking to you my dear man my dear woman if God is speaking today we urge you to obey his voice our heavenly father we come to pray for the program today we ask that thou wouldst use the music we pray that you'd use the preaching of God's word thou dost know exactly who may be in our audience that us well know exactly the need and we pray that you lead us and anoint us and fill us with your message and your power to the degree that we can help somebody or be successful in pointing a man or woman to the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world supply every need Lord that each radio door might remain open thou art well acquainted with the financial need and with the spiritual need as well And I pray that you'd supply that which we need. Grant that folk may lift our arms by praying and by writing and then by enclosing their gift to help us pay for the time and thus keep every door possible open for the gospel in these closing days. Help us to know that the night cometh when no man can work, when our witnessing shall come to an end. And while it's day, grant that we might serve thee as faithfully as we may. Use us today. 
and we shall praise thee for any measure of victory. And we ask in Jesus' name and to his glory. Amen. Bill Harvey singing one of his own compositions, a favorite and a beautiful song that I dearly love, Justified. God held a great glowing balance And one side was waiting for me The other side held such perfection As God had demanded there be Then God held a scale in the middle And my side soared high with my sin I cried for my side to be balanced Then Jesus, the Savior, stepped in I'm justified I'm happy in Jesus today The sins I've committed, they're all in the past. They'll never condemn me, for he holds me fast. I'm justified. I'm justified. I'm happy. I stood in the garden of Eden And I ate of the fruit of the tree Of the knowledge of good and of evil My eyes opened, then I could see That the state of my soul was so sinful With fig leaves I covered my stain But God saw through my handmade garment So a lamb for this sinner was slain I'm justified I'm happy in Jesus today The sins I've committed, they're all in the past They've all been forgiven And He holds me fast I'm justified I'm justified Always a joy to have the recorded work of the late Bill Harvey with us on the Bright Spot Hour. 
Your Bible's open to 1 Corinthians 4 and verse number 4 again. I was dealing with this on Friday's broadcast. For I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified, but he that judgeth me is the Lord. I'm dealing with the matter of justification. We have looked at the scope of justification, and now I'm dealing with the method of justification, the method of justification. The Lord willing, tonight, tomorrow night, and Wednesday night, I have the honor and joy of preaching in Port St. Lucie, Florida, at the Heritage Baptist Church. Dr. Ron Downs and the good congregation of believers there. The joy is mine to have been going into this church more than 30 years. I've had the opportunity of preaching for Brother Downs and his good people. And uh, we drove down on Saturday, and I was with him yesterday all day, three uh, tremendous services, and then I'll be there, the Lord willing, tonight, tomorrow night, Wednesday night in the 7.30 hour. You pray that God will help us and use us in this meeting in a definite way and enable us to be the testimony and the blessing that we desire to be. The Bright Spot Hour is a work of faith and a labor of love, depending upon the Lord and our many friends to enable the door of radio broadcasting to remain open. Here we are now on the backside of the month of February. This is Monday, the 19th of February. My, how quickly this month has just evaporated before our eyes. I make available Sermon 51 by my late grandfather, The Battle of Gog and Magog, Sermon 51. I'd be thrilled to send a copy of this to you. I think it could be a benefit and a blessing to you and the Lord. You can have it on a compact disc for a gift of $10. I make available my grandfather's book on the doctrine of the church, a 286-page, large, stiff-back, perfect-bound, a very handsome volume, something that I think would be a benefit to you in your study of God's Word. And there are uh, two reasons, uh, two messages in the content of this book, why I'm making it available in these days. In the content of this book is a, a book by W.D. Harvey, Baptist in History, and then another book by Chester E. Tolga, Why Baptists Are Not Protestants, Why Baptists Did Not Cooperate with the Reformation. Now, I'll be glad to send this good book on the doctrine of the church, and especially because of the two messages by Chester Tolga and W.D. Harvey. I'm also including, for those of you that write and request the book, the sermon booklet by my late grandfather, Blessed Assurance, or How May I Know I Am Saved. And I'll send both to you in the return mail for a gift of $20. Our mailing address, the Bright Spot Hour, Post Office Box Number 4, Greenville, South Carolina, 29602. Our email, Dr. Ben Carper at yahoo.com. Find the Bright Spot Hour or Ben Carper on X, YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Getter, and Odyssey. I continue dealing with the method of justification. In 1 Corinthians 4 and verse number 4, For I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified, but he that judgeth me 
is the Lord. He that judgeth me is the Lord. On our broadcast on Friday, I was dealing with the method of justification, and I was pointing out that the method of justification is divine. It is not human. And I pointed out, as the text states of 1 Corinthians 4, 4, that uh, justification is not by moral character. In order for a man to be justified on the ground of moral character, his moral character would have to be perfect. And I read in the Bible that there is no man that sinneth not. There are no perfect men and women that are in the world or on earth. There is no man on earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Paul reminds us in Romans chapter number 3, For there is none righteous, no, not one. If a man is going to be justified by the area of moral character, his moral character will have to be unimpeachable. Now I want my life to be clean. I want my life to be as clean as a hound's tooth. I want your life as a believer, my little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. And that is the will of God for the born-again believer, 1 John 2, 1. But the text goes on to say, And if any man sin, not but if any man sin, but and if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Now, I want your life and I want my life to be just as unimpeachable, uh, uh, unreproachable. I want, I want our character to be such that no man could lay his finger on your life or mine and condemn us. But I recognize that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. And there are a lot of battles that I've had inwardly that, praise the Lord, I've never expressed outwardly. I've never acted upon them. But there have been many battles in my soul and in my mind that I've had to deal with and I've had to address, and I, I'm so glad that, that people don't know the thoughts that I have entertained in my mind. Praise God, I've not acted upon those things. But I'm ashamed of the very thoughts that I've had in my mind. Then I pointed out on the program Friday, and I had to leave the radio, that man is not justified by the works of the law. Now I recognize that there are many People, There are Arminians and Calvinists that use the law as a means of righteousness, a means of salvation, and use the law as a rule of life. All Calvinists, all covenant and reform theologians use the law as a rule of life. And yet Paul the Apostle stated in Romans 3 and verse number 20, Therefore, by the deeds of the law... There shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Now, God did not give the law to justify any man. A man or a woman may keep the Ten Commandments and they may live under the letter of the Ten Commandments. I think the Ten Commandments ought to be on the wall of every courthouse in America, they ought to be on the wall of every school in America. They ought to be on the wall of every county commission and board of supervisors and county council uh, uh, a meeting room in America. 
It's awful hard for men to raise your taxes and to covet your uh, tax uh, or your property, and they'll condemn it and take it by eminent domain and condemn it and sell it to a corporation because of the tax revenue. It's difficult for them to do that. When they look upon the wall and it says, Thou shalt not covet, they look upon the wall and the law says, Thou shalt not steal. And taxation is a form of theft. You not only steal the money from the individual, but you steal the portion of life it took for that man or woman to generate and accumulate that income. And you take that away from them. You steal from them. The Bible, the Ten Commandments says, Thou shalt not steal. But man is not justified by the keeping of the law. God didn't give the law to save anybody. God didn't give the law to justify any man before God. Now, I can be justified before men by respect for the law and the keeping of the law, but I won't get into heaven by keeping the matter of the law. The reason God gave the law was to stop argument and to show man, to reveal to man, that all men are guilty before God. I'm back to my statement in the book of Second Chronicles and in the book of Ecclesiastes that there is not a righteous man on earth that sinneth not. There is not a man on earth that sinneth not. And that's why God gave the law. In verse number 19 of Romans 3, But we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Now God gave the law, and the purpose of the law is to reveal to man the exceeding sinfulness of sin and to lead the sinner to an understanding that the only hope of salvation is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians 3 and verse number 24, the only place of refuge and salvation that a lost sinner can run to is a place of refuge and salvation in Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ alone. This matter of the exceeding sinfulness of sin is interesting. Sometimes when we read that passage, we read it lightly, and we, we think about those excessively vile, those excessively pernicious sins, those sins that are excessively vile. But I think what Paul might be driving at when he says to show the exceeding sinfulness of sin and Romans 7.13 is the fact that sin is pervasive and prevailing. Sin is ever-present. Sin will worm its way in in every circumstance. Righteousness, if we're not careful, will become self-righteousness. A life of surrender and dedication, if we're not careful, can become proud piety and pharisaism the flesh can't stand to be ignored and the flesh that one time before salvation reveled and gloried in alcohol and drugs and all the things that are in, occupied with the world 
after salvation, that flesh doesn't go away. The flesh now revels and glories in all the things that the flesh does not do. And so on the one hand, we have a vile, wicked sinner, and then after salvation, we have a high and haughty Pharisee. The flesh is an ever-present problem. It is an ever-present problem. If it is not there in the gross debauchery of the world, the flesh, and the devil, it is there in the highness of the publicans and the Pharisees and the individuals that say, Come not near unto me, for I am holier than thou. There's no way that a man can be saved by the keeping of the law. You, you cannot be justified by the keeping of the law on the backside of Calvary before you were saved. And the law will not enable you to be a good Christian and a dedicated Christian after you were saved. Uh, I mentioned, I think on Friday, that years ago, now decades ago, I, I taught high school for nine years. I taught English grammar, math, U.S. history, church history, and Bible. And my senior uh, homeroom uh, class, when I taught senior Bible, I had homeroom that was U.S. history, and then later the seniors would come back and I would teach Bible. And I introduced them and, uh, to, to uh, a, a Bible doctrine, a, a very elementary systematic theology. And we used William Evans' book, Great Doctrines of the Bible, and we taught all the way through it, the doctrine of God, doctrine of Christ, doctrine of pneumatology, a doctrine of soteriology, doctrine of harmatology, and right on and on we went. And Dr. Evans said this in that book, Great Doctrines of the Bible, on page 158, and I'd like to read that to you today. I quote, At the bar of God, no man can be counted righteous in his sight because of his obedience to law. The burden of the epistle to the Romans is to set forth this great truth as a means of establishing right relations with God, the law is totally insufficient. The only thing the law can do is stop the mouth of every man and declare him guilty before God. It is a question of Moses or Christ, faith or works, law or promise, doing or believing, wages or a free gift, end quote. That's William Evans' Great Doctrines of the Bible, page 158. That is a tremendous statement, and that expresses exactly the purpose of the giving of the law. God gave the matter of Mosaic law to drive the man to Jesus Christ, to drive the man away from his ability to reveal to man that he is incapable of saving himself. There is no ability in man to save himself and to reveal to man that the only hope of salvation is in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And apart from the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, there is no hope of salvation at all. Now, my friend, as I leave the air today, I urge upon you, if you are hearing the bright spot hour today, 
and you have never been saved, I beg of you, I plead with you, please come to the Lord Jesus Christ, believe the gospel, and be saved by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ today. May the Lord richly bless you until I broadcast on tomorrow. This has been the Bright Spot Hour, transcribed and conducted by Dr. Ben Carper. Send correspondence to the Bright Spot Hour, Post Office Box 4, Greenville, South Carolina, 29602. This is Mark Ferguson inviting you to hear the Bright Spot Hour again tomorrow. Same time, same station, same gospel. Oh,